0: Church podcast is a podcast designed to equip and encourage you to go out and make and multiply more followers of Jesus in your local church. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Multiply Church podcast. It's great to be on with you guys today on the airwaves talking about Jesus and stuff. Uh, That's what we're talking about. That's what we always like to talk about, but hopefully everybody's doing well. Uh, Wintertime is officially here. Fall never existed in Iowa, but that's just the way it is. So I won't complain too much, but it's fine. Uh, This week on our podcast, we are going to um, kind of be doing intermixing through the series that I'm going to be doing on the spiritual gifts. We're just going to intermix other podcasts as well. And so this is not on spiritual gifts. So I know you guys, I know you guys want that. just have to wait, be patient. It'll be fine. It'll be good. Uh, But today, this is kind of a shortened version of a message that I preached a while back, but I felt like this was so good because this was so enlightening to me when I when I went through it, when I was um, studying for this specific passage, I just felt like this is one of my favorites that I, that I preached in, in our series in the gospel of John. And so I just wanted to kind of do a condensed version on a podcast for, um, for our listeners, because I felt like it was just really, it was really enlightening to me. And I just enjoyed preaching that, uh, that passage. And so today we're going to be in John chapter six. And so this passage, um, I mean, many know this passage, right? This is Jesus feeding the 5,000, but, I think what we don't always recognize is what is going on in the background that really gives this some more bite pun intended. Um, sorry, there's probably gonna be a lot of puns here, but, um, it just gives it a little bit more oomph. I think once you realize what's going on here and so I don't know about you, um, but I have heard many comparisons. We should, um, comparisons of Jesus into the old Testament, right? Uh, big, Words that we use when we talk about this. Yes, we talk about prophecy. So what are the prophecies in scripture? We're going to be at Christmas time soon. So we're going to be talking a lot about prophecies, promises fulfilled, that sort of thing. So there's these, this idea called prophecies in the Old Testament where Jesus fulfilled the, fulfills these in the New. Um, but there's also this this realm of study called typology. And typology is, uh, it's a massive topic, but simply put, um, it, it's recognizing types um what's another better word besides types? Um, <laughs> it's using the word to define the word, right? Um, uh, glimpses, maybe shadows. I've heard it called before, um, of Christ in the old Testament. So types, um, so, uh, just giving you a few that are typically talked about most of the time. Uh, Adam is a type of Christ, not me. I'm, a, I'm, I'm great. I'm fantastic. I'm sure. Um, uh, Adam being the first man, he is a type of Christ. We talk about uh, David. David is a type as well. Uh, So it's glimpses, it's shadows of uh, who Christ will be in in the future. And so it's just giving us this idea of typology. So oftentimes I've seen studies and series, sermon series preach where things like this, maybe you've heard it before. Jesus is the true and better Adam. I mean, there's even a song about it. Uh, Jesus is the true and better David. Jesus is the true and better Isaac. Um, uh, Jesus is the true and better Moses. Like all of, and all of those are true. And I, fantastic studies when you start comparing Jesus and w- really how uh, he ultimately fulfills, how, how these Old Testament figures are just a shadow, a glimpse of who Christ will be in the future. So, uh, so often we talk about those types. I'm gonna give you a type today where I don't know if I've, I mean, I've heard passages preached on this, but like, I've really never like heard this phrase lumped in with all those other ones. Yes. You know, Adam is a type of Christ and all this, but, but the one that just kept coming out to me, I think it's just, it's just a beautiful illustration imagery that we see is that Jesus is the true and better bread. Now you might be thinking, okay, where is he going with this bread? Uh, What do you mean by Jesus is the true and better bread? I mean, you might be thinking I'm, I'm every time I preach on this, I don't know why I always want to make a joke about being low carb. I feel like I don't even know if anybody still does low carb diets anymore. Um, it was such a thing when I was growing up, I mean, I know my parents were like all atkins diet. It was just like a popular thing. And so every time I, every time I preach on Jesus is true and better bread, I always make a joke. It seems like about like, Hey, we are not low carb Christians. We are full on carb loading Jesus into our lives. So there is my way to, um, silly, <laughs> connection to low carb diets. Uh, we do not want to be low carb Christians, right? We want all of Jesus all the time. And so, um, but, but what I found is that that Jesus really is the true and better bread that the bread We'll see in a minute in the old Testament was a type pointing us to Jesus. And I think this is really, really cool. So let's just set up our, you know, passage in John chapter six and kind of see where we're going. And then we'll hit the cross reference that I really want to hit in just a minute. Um, last week I used all my logos to do my scripture. This week I got an actual Bible. This is fantastic. Um, and I have a lot of Bibles. Brianna was just telling me how many Bibles I have on my shelf that I need to get rid of. Not get rid of. Um, I need to uh, give away so that other people can be uh, blessed by it. But um, so John chapter six is where we at. So he he feeds the five thousand. We focus on that miracle. The other the other thing that I want to talk about too is that like we, we never really ask the question when Jesus does his miracles. Like you have to ask what what's his point? Like why is he doing what he's doing? And this is what we've talked about all sorts of times in the gospel of John. So far as he does a miracle, well, what's the point? Jesus's point of doing the miracle of the 5,000 is to show that he is the bread of life. So in John chapter six, 22 and going forward, um, he uses another, I am statement. I am the bread of life. And so we see, I'm just going to try to catch where I'm at in the passage real quick. Um, Jesus does the miracle in the first part of six. He has this whole scene of Jesus walking on water. Um, and then in verse 35, I had to flip the page. Uh, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Now, let me back up a little bit because that was the I am statement. Let me back up just a little bit because this is the context. I think is super important. So this is uh, part of verse 32. Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And the people said, sir, give us, give us this bread. So the people, what we see in this whole passage, I'm basically just reading this all in reverse because I flipped the page one too many times, um, is uh, Jesus does this miracle. People are really confused about it and, and they ask him for a sign and Jesus in verse 31, or the people in verse 31 said, you know, our fathers ate this thing called manna in the wilderness. Like that's what they did. That was the bread from heaven. Like like, that's, I don't, that, that's what is the bread. Like, Jesus is saying, like, no, I'm the bread. And they're like, no, wait a minute. No, I, I'm i pretty sure, like, we read our Old Testament. We, we know that there was this bread called manna that came from heaven. And that's when Jesus compares himself to the bread. So where is this in the Old Testament? You might be like, what in the world? Jesus' bread? I don't understand. It says Exodus 16. Um so jot that down in your Bibles, jot that down just as a cross-reference, Exodus 16. Uh, A lot of people know this, you know, story. If you've grown up in Christianity and church for a while, you know the story of God providing uh, this bread, this sweet bread, honey-like bread from, uh, from heaven in the wilderness for the people. So the people are wandering in the wilderness. They've, they've sinned. They, God is not allowing them into the wilderness quite yet. But yet he still continues to provide for his people. That's the beauty of this. He still provides for his people. And so they complain to God, like, God, like, if we just had it so much better in Egypt. Like, I don't know. Like, you're, you've deserted us, which is so ironic because he saves them from slavery. He saves them from all the plagues. He, he ha- has them cross into over the Red Sea and, and he's provided time and time again. And they're like, oh, you've never provided for us, God. I mean, and just a side note, here's some application. Like, don't we do that? Like all the time? Like God provides for us time and time and time and time again. And yet in the moments where we feel like he's not providing, we we are like, God, where are you? You, you never provide for us. I know that has convicted me of just showing, just reflecting on the times that he has provided time and again, and he continues to provide. And so he does it again in Exodus 16. So he sends this bread from heaven, this sweet tasting bread and fills all the fields. I gotta say that slowly, fills all the fields <laughs> with bread. And so what would happen is that people had to go out every morning and collect the bread. That's what they would do. So you can read about this in Exodus 16. Um, so when Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling that you grumble against him. You know, he talks about this idea that the people have just grumbled against the Lord and that he continues to provide for them. And um Then you can read on. I'm not gonna read the whole chapter, it's a long chapter. You can see this. Um, but this is in the middle of, of Exodus sixteen. This is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it, each one of you, as much as he can eat, you shall eat of it. And Omer, according to the numbers of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. So essentially what they did is they'd have to go out every day, gather bread, and um, they would eat as much as they want, as much as they want of it. Um, But then it says, let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses, which is, you know, obviously, because they never listened to Moses. Some left part of it until the morning and it bread worms and stink. So here's the, here's what's happening in the old Testament. You had to go out, collect bread just for the day. You could have as much as you want, but you had to eat all of it and the rest of it would just spoil. So every single day you had to get up, he would provide it for every day. Um, but just for that day, God's provision just for that day. Um, are you are you sensing some overtones of God give us our daily bread? Yeah. There's some overtones there. Like this is a popular theme. So every day they had to go out and gather it. Um, and then uh, on the sixth day before the Sabbath, they, they were allowed to do it twice so that they didn't have to do it on the Sabbath. So you get this idea. This is the bread from heaven. Now, how is Jesus the true bread from heaven. Like, why is he making this comparison? Well, there's a lot of similarities between Exodus 16 and John chapter six, a lot of similarities. You'll notice in John chapter six, really throughout the entire book of John, Jesus is constantly telling the Jews that you're just missing the point. You've strayed from the Lord. You're not listening. You're not understanding. You constantly go after other idols. You constantly go after other things, and they're just missing it. And notice in John chapter 6, verse 41, the same exact word that's used in the Old Testament that the Jews did is used here. It says, verse 41, so the Drew, the Jews, the Druze, oh my gosh, I'm falling apart. So the Jews grumbled about him. Same word, Grumbled the same like scene is being set. The Jews are grumbling. God, would you just provide? Would you just provide? Would you just provide? And God's like, I've provided bread. In the same situation, I provided bread in all the fields. And Jesus is saying, no, I am the true bread that has come down from heaven. So what did the bread in the Old Testament symbolize? Well, it symbolized first, yes, provision, Absolutely provision, right? Like God provided for his people to live. Like he constantly protected them and gave them food to eat. But here's the connection I think we need to make. And it's very clear that the manna in the wilderness was a sign that God was with them. It's what it was. I mean, it was a sign from heaven that God was providing, protecting and with them. I mean, that that's all the signs in the Old Testament. It was a sign of provision. It was a sign that God was not going anywhere and it came from heaven. Like now you're starting to see some of the similarities, right? So he is saying very clearly, no, wait a minute. You know how this is, this is basically a shortened down version of what Jesus would say. He's like, listen guys, okay. You know how that bread in the Old Testament, came down from heaven. Yeah. I've come down from heaven. And they're like, wait a minute. What are you saying? Are, are you saying that you're from heaven? Like, are you like, are you making yourself equal with God? Which is what we see in the Gospel of John, and he's saying, "Yeah, absolutely, that's exactly what I'm saying." So, we find out in Philippians chapter two, right, um, that that Jesus, um, that though he was equal with God, right, he he did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself right he he came down from heaven he condescended from he he came down he the the one who uh, descended also ascended this is ephesians right there's a lot of this language going on and so what jesus is saying is just as the bread in exodus 16 fell from heaven so too did the son of god himself come to heaven or come from heaven to earth and he is the true bread now let's think about bread for a minute What does bread do? What does food do? It satisfies you. It satisfies you. That's what Jesus is saying. Time and time again, the the Bible is going to use imagery of of food. You ever ever ask why it does that? It's because God is very clearly trying to teach his people, just as a nicely cooked steak will satisfy your belly, how much more so will the Son of God satisfy your longings of your heart? As I crave Chick Fil A, as I crave a nice burger, so too must my heart crave Christ. Like you see the you see the picture that food provides for us. Like God is giving us this clear illustration that that as you savor. As you savor food on your tongue, so too must I savor God's word on my tongue. Like that's why this illustration is so powerful that Jesus is in fact the true and better bread. But what is better about Jesus than the Old Testament bread? Like what was better? Here's what was better. The similarities are clear. Both came from heaven. Both are great things. What does Jesus make better that the bread didn't? Well, like I mentioned in the Old Testament, every day the Israelites had to get up and go out and get the bread. And it was only for one day. It spoiled. After every night. Every day, every day, every day, you got to get up and go get your bread. Here's how Jesus is better. Jesus says this, if you eat of my bread, if you eat of my flesh, you will never be hungry again. Jesus says the same thing of water to the Samaritan woman just a few chapters earlier. He said, if you drink of my water, if you drink of the living water that I will give you, you will never be thirsty again. That's how Jesus is the true and better bread that he fully satisfies the manna only could partially satisfy. It was only a type. It was only just a little glimpse. It was a shadow that one day maybe there would be actually bread from heaven that would come down that would satisfy every longing of my heart. Now that is how Jesus is the true and bread of bread. He fully satisfies your heart once and for all. That if you eat of his flesh as he continues to go on, you would live forever down in the passage in John chapter six. um, Let's see if I can find it really quickly, because I think this is, um, this is kind of where Jesus kind of hits the nail um, on the head. I think this is at the end of John six, uh, verse 47. He says, truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. He said, your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. The manna was only good for keeping them alive. Each and every day. He says in verse 50, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give him for the life of the world is my flesh. Guys, this is so much beauty that is found in the comparison of Jesus being the bread of life. That the bread in the Old Testament would rot, it would never fully be enough. It would always leave them wanting more for the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven, comes down from heaven, and he lives once, dies once, and raises again, and it fully satisfies your heart. That is how Jesus is the true and better bread. God with us, God's provision, God's nearness to us that we get to actually experience and partake in the bread of life. Man, isn't that good? Like it's so good. Like I'm, I'm preaching here and I, this is just like, I could, I could go off forever on this, but I think this is so powerful. So next time, next time you're at church, and you guys do communion, whether it is uh, you guys do it every week or you, about us once a month or so, every six weeks, whatever your church does, when you grab that little piece of bread, whether it's actual bread or if you're cheap like us, it's you know a wafer that tastes terrible. Um, would you be reminded that Jesus is the true and better bread? That just as the Israelites longed for bread from heaven, so too must the Christian long for the bread of heaven today. he came, lived and died and rose again. And that body, that flesh, as we partake in the Lord's supper, like Jesus is the true bread. And that's what we remember. So every time you grab, when you take communion, when you grab that bread, would you remember that Jesus is better? He's just better. He's better than any longing, any food, any worldly satisfaction can be out there. Jesus is better. And so next time you partake, would you be reminded of how much Jesus has done for you and how much he is better than anything this world could offer? Jesus is, in fact, the true and better bread. Man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff that I need to be reminded of each and every day. And so, would you take that? Would you put that in your heart um, as you go forward this week? You know, as you learn learned a little bit more. I hope. I hope about this passage and how Jesus uh, fully satisfies the longings of your heart and how the comparisons of the Old Testament. and the, I hope you learned something for sure. But I also hope that you would apply this really well to your to your life today. That that there's there's a lot of bread that's offered in this world. There's a lot of bread. There's a lot of things that are, are vying for your attention. Uh, a lot of things that, 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 that want to buy off your, your attention. Let's just be honest. It's Christmas time. There's going to be things that are marketing themselves to you. Come over here this way, this way, this way. And Jesus is saying through his word, listen, I am the thing that will truly satisfy your heart. Come to me, come to me. I am the bread of life. And so may you apply that today. May you, may that be the longing of your heart. Um, I hope, I guess that's it. That's all I got today. I could keep preaching on forever, but we'll call it a day at that. And I really pray that this podcast, this episode really kind of just spurred you on to dive more in scripture and realize, man, there's a lot here. There's a lot that we can dig into and eat, literally, pun intended. And so hopefully this one blessed you guys today. It definitely blessed me. So we will uh, catch you guys later on the Multiply Church podcast. We'll be back in spiritual gifts, hopefully next week and really diving into that. But uh, for now, may you go out in peace. And multiply the gospel disciples and churches in your local church. All right, guys, we'll see you next week.